Good morning. Good morning, Rabbi Welcome to Breakfast in the Class. Breakfast in the Class today is dedicated in loving memory of Mrs. Lily Safra Lea Her philanthropy has reached so many throughout the entire world. Also dedicated for a speedy and complete of our Rabbanit, Chana Farchi Chana Bat Simafega. Please make Berachot for her refuah and as well dedicated for a speedy and complete refuah for Rabbi Eli Abadi Eliyahu Shimon Ben Mazal Fortune. Please make Berachot for his refuah. Dedicated in honor of the birth of baby G. Love Safti Sheila, Rabbi Farhi number one fan. That's not me saying that, that's directly on the sign. I don't give out that, uh, that title, so if someone else is insulted that they think they're the number one fan, take it up with the, the Generowitz and Gross families. Uh, they, they'll, uh, they'll back their claims. Uh, as well, dedicated to commemorate Azkarav, Moshe Haddad, Moshe Ben Polisa, uh, Corey's grandfather, sponsored by Corey Ajmi. Mazal tov to Eliana and Arya Hurizade on the birth of a baby girl from Sheba Barzilai. Um, I'm sorry we're a couple days late on that. I've been away. Uh, Mazal tov. Hazaku Baruch, dedicated, a, a dedicated member of our tefillah, of our prayers, of our learning, and of our Saturday night basketball game. Dedicated in celebration, not the baby girl, uh, her daddy. Dedicated in celebration of the birth of a baby girl, Hurizadeh, with sincere gratitude to Hashem for his overflowing kindness. Sponsored by the proud parents, Eliana and Arya, Hurizadeh, Hazaku Baruch Mazaltov. In loving memory of Mara's son, Alava Shalom, Lilunishbat Moshe Ben Adel, for his first Askara. Again, we're, we're, uh, we're a few days late because I was not here. Uh, sponsored by Michaela and Sammy Sutton. Thank you, Sammy, for everything you do in the Beit HaKneset. Uh, it is a big zechut for your father. Alava shalom. Uh, also in loving memory of Leon Asi Harari, Lui Nishmat Yehuda Ben Jamila, sponsored anonymously. We, uh, we had, uh, we had his, uh, his son here with us praying today and saying Kaddish. Bezat Hashem, it should raise his nishama to the highest heights. In honor, dedicated in honor of Rabbi Fari's wife, Chana Batsima Fega, as well as for her speedy and complete Fuash We wish her good health and strength to the whole family, sponsored anonymously. And sponsored as well as a Fuash for Chana Batsima Fega by Ira Frankel. Thank you, Ira, for all that you do. Donated by the Gindi Daniel family from Mexico. In loving memory of David Dudu Ben Hasiba. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Shalom. And dedicated by Renee and Maya Safti. In honor of the new baby boy, Bissimatov Mazaltov Mabruk. Congratulations. And last but not least, Lunishmat Ariel Ben David and Amane by Sheba Barzilai. Hazak Baruch to everyone. I'm sorry for those of you that uh, those dedications came in out on the exact day. I apologize. I've not been uh, here to read them, so we read them all. Today, they should all, everybody should have kol mishalot l'mchem l'tova. The yard site should be olel yafeh, bezat Hashem, fnei ha-kadosh baruch hu. Refuah shilema should be heard. Uh, everyone who, all the wonderful announcements should have a, a, a beautiful raise, opportunity to raise those children in the best possible way. My friends, the pasuk says, Ani chotencha yitro. Yitro comes to the camp of the Jewish people. And he sends a message. I don't know if any of you has ever done this. I don't know if any of you has ever lived the VIP life, but uh, I remember once I was living the VIP life. What's the VIP life? You land in, uh, in, in Tel Aviv, you get off the plane, and you don't go with the Amcha down the tube into the airport. Some guy sitting there with a sign, Rabbi Fahi. Even though you just came from the back of the plane, you see, yeah, yeah, sorry. Fatal. Is that what it is? Is it a fatal item? Okay. Fatal item. All right. I'm sitting there the whole plane ride. I'm as bad as dib right next to the bathroom door in the seat number 75 in economy. But now you come out. Rabbi Fahi. Oh, who's this guy? Rabbi Fahi. 
Only problem is no one got to see it because I was last off the plane. Right? So you lost half of the goods. You lost. What, what happened? I was flying to Israel and someone uh, was taking me directly. They had a simcha. And I was flying in directly for this uh, wedding or whatever it was. And it was right off the plane. If I went through the, plane, the whole airport, I probably would have missed the chuppah. So they had someone there waiting. So I got to fly. I got to have the VIP life on that day. My friends. Ani, for sure not economy, elal, back of the plane, where there's a minyan on your lap. Ani, chotencha yitro. Yitro comes to the Jewish people. He makes this journey. We spoke yesterday about Yitro's journey for Emet. How he had everything going for him and still he does the conversion because he's the right thing to do. And that's why it says it gives us his, uh, his credentials as a priest. When as, as a Jew, nobody cares that you were a priest. It's, a, it's not a siman that you're proud of. Why does it tell us what you said yesterday? But the Midrash tells us that when Yitro came, he arrived at the camp. He doesn't knock on the door, walk in, look through the camp. I'm looking for Moshe Rabbeinu, uh, you know, or maybe he knows him not as Moshe. He knows him as Moshe's son-in-law, Moe. I don't know what he called him, right? Whatever the case was, Mo, right? I don't know, yeah, just imagine. You always imagine, right? I don't, maybe it's just me. I, just, I always imagine, like, there was for sure a nickname that Sarai Menu had for Abraham. It's like, Amy! <laughs> the angels are here again. I, I, just, I can't imagine that between the people, I don't, maybe I'm just nuts. Okay, fine. But the, 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 uh, the idea is that Yitro comes to the camp and you think he's looking for Moshe Rabbeinu. The Midrash tells us not how it went down. He sends a message. Ani, uh, sorry, Ani chotencha Yitro ba'elecha v'ishtecha u'shne banea ima and your wife and your two sons are here with her. The Midrash tells us Rashi quotes it. Im en begini. If you're not going to come out to greet me, come out for your wife. And if you're not going to come out for your wife, come for your two sons. It seems like it was very important for Yitro that Moshe comes out to greet them. That he comes to get them. The Midrash tells us what happens. Moshe gets this message from Yitro. He goes out to get his father-in-law and his wife and his two kids. Moshe Rabbeinu sees, sorry, Aharon, HaKohen sees Moshe Rabbeinu's leaving camp. What does he do? He follows Moshe. The 70 elders see Moshe and Aharon leaving the camp. What do they do? They follow behind. The Jewish people see that the Moshe, Aharon, the 70 elders are leaving. What do they all do? The whole camp rises up goes out to greet Yitro. Yitro gets literally a hero's welcome. And the rabbis tell us that when Moshe received this message, he also understood from HaKadosh Baruch Hu that, Moshe, that, your, that Yitro, Midrash writes, Amar HaKadosh Baruch Hu Moshe, Yitro ba'elecha, ve'eno ba'ela l'shem shamayim. He's coming for the sake of heaven. Can I ask you a question? Coming to the Jewish people for the sake of heaven, I get. Joining the Jewish people for the sake of heaven, I get. VIP service for the sake of heaven, you buying that? You come get me. I'll stay here. Me, your wife, your two children. I traveled all this way, by the way. All this way I came. I didn't tell you to come get your kids from Midian. I brought them all the way here. Now I'm right outside the camp, but I'm not coming in unless you come get us. What's that move? What does that smell like? Kavod. No, no, you come out to the camp, you bring us in. 
And yet the Midrash tells us that Yitro was L'shem Shamayim. How could that be? What is the L'shem Shamayim of that thing? And I want to address this because I think that in this week's parasha specifically, we are taught perhaps a great lesson. You know, kavod, which means honor, is usually described in terms perhaps of religious people. Ah, kavod, no, I don't need the kavod as a negative thing. But kavod is neither negative nor positive. Kibud avaim is this week's parasha. On the aseta dibrot, we're commanded to show respect, kavod, for our parents. Not only that, our rabbis tell us that the purpose of the sound and light show that we read about in Yitro for the receiving of the Torah was in order to establish forevermore in the Jewish people's heart the concept of kavod ha-Torah. Right? What do we say? Tnu kavod la-Torah. When they take out the sefer, right? Remember we say it all the time. In Vizot Torah, give respect to the Torah. The Jewish people, everyone stands in the shul. So we learn about the positive ramifications of honor. So honor is something which can be used as an incredibly powerful tool. It can be used as a powerful tool when it's aimed at the right thing, when it's aimed at your parents, when it's aimed at your, your rabbis, your leaders, your teachers. When it's aimed at uh, the Torah, at the mitzvot, that's kavod, which is a positive thing. But then there's a person who chases kavod, where the Mishnah tells us nothing less than kavod is a weapon of mass destruction. It's one of the three things the Mishnah in Avot says, Hakinah kavod motzi'in et adam in haolam. They take a person out of this world. Sometimes a person will die because of kavod. Because of how they feel they need to be treated. Because of who they feel that they are. I want to tell you a story of a person dying because of kavod. There's a fellow in, uh, in uh, Deal, Deal Long Branch. It's a really long branch. A good friend of mine. We've been friends for many, many years. He's part of Hatzalah. Hatzalah in Long Branch is they work hand in hand with the local first aid. Obviously, they're there to set up for the Jewish community, but they work. Welcome, Ruchabaah, Mrs. Nahmad, Fadal, join, Fadali. Now, this guy, he works for Hatzalah, but they have on the radio, they also get the first aid calls. And sometimes, if a Hatzalah member is there and they're right there and they can provide first aid assistance, then they'll go take a call. One day, this guy is in shul, he's actually in Park Avenue Synagogue. And a call comes in over the radio that there's a woman who's in, a, I don't know what the, I don't know the code name is, code red or whatever it is, but whatever the, the, the terminology is, she needs someone immediately. The guy is right across the street. She lived right next to the synagogue. He runs out, takes off his tefillin, runs. It's not a Jewish number, it's, the call came into first aid, but you have an opportunity to save a life. He runs across the street, he runs in, the woman is lying on the floor, alone in the house. She made the call to 911. He comes running over to server. She says, Jew, get your hands off of me. I don't want to be touched by a Jewish person. 
You got to know the guy. I don't want to say his name, nay. You got to know the guy. says, sure, no problem. He sign right here. She signs the papers. He leaves. She dies. You understand? By the time first aid got there, it wasn't a long time, but it was a very serious call. Because she felt she was too good to be touched by a Jew, that a Jew is an inferior being. Now some of you might, uh, might not feel so bad that someone like that is not in the world anymore. But it's a wild thing that a person can make these choices. And the crazy thing is, when you look at that Mishnah, you think to yourself, how often is Kavod really going to destroy someone's life? You know what? To destroy your life, to take you out of this world, you don't physically need to be put in a coffin and stuck in the ground. When a person overspends money they don't have on a wedding, a bar mitzvah, a Pesach vacation, they're ruining their life. How hard do they have to work? How bad is their anxiety now? I had to tell a guy, unfortunately, came to me. By the way, sorry to interrupt this for a public service announcement. This is not a nice announcement to have to make. But if anybody needs, in their homes, we're suffering now an epidemic of substance abuse in people's homes, of substance abuse of uh, prescription drugs, specifically opioids and things like that. Sometimes it happens that a person starts taking it because they're unwell and then they can't get themselves off. Sometimes they took it just to take the edge off. God knows what the reason is and then they can't get off. It's very important. If you call me, it will be completely confidential. Safe uh, Foundation is distributing Narcan, which in the case of an opioid off, uh, uh, overdose will save the person's life. But I promise you this. There will be families that will not reach out to SAFE because of the embarrassment that they have that someone in their house or they themselves are suffering from this. And that is an example of kavod taking a person out of this world. So if someone's embarrassed to call SAFE, but you're not embarrassed to call your rabbi, send me a message and we'll send you a Narcan kit so you'll have in the house. Bottom and nine, you should never use it. We return you to your regularly programmed uh, messages. My friends, a guy who now doesn't have any money to spend, who now is up to here, just so that he can walk down the aisle that one night with that many extra flowers. She biflage. Nobody cares about your stupid flowers. You ruin, your person can ruin their life. You have a child. They're in a school. The kid has a learning disability. But I can't have children. Me? I should have children that are not perfect. My children need help, remedial, reading, whatever. No. My kid has to go to the best school, to the most religious school. Get over yourself. Your kavod is now not only ruining your life, it's ruining your child's life. You're embarrassed to get help because you're having trouble in your marriage. Because the word might get out. What's more important, saving your marriage or saving your honor? Kavod takes a person out of this world. So there are two types of kavod. 
Yitro seems to be asking for personal kavod. But then there's a kavod which is beautiful. Kavod comes from the word kaved, which means heavy. When you take something lightly, it means you don't care about it. When something is heavy, wow, someone tells you news, they're like, wow, 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 that's heavy. That means you're taking it seriously. Kibud avaim doesn't mean... You can have people who stand up when their father walks in, but they're the furthest possible people from giving kavod to their father. We should not know of cases like this. But I know of cases. I remember... A father who every time the father walks into shul, the boy stands up in the knees, runs to get him a sidur, a chumash. Looks beautiful. But I know that the father is struggling terribly with finances, and the kid has every opportunity, very well off to help his father. Doesn't do anything for his dad. What does he do for his dad? He stands up and gets him a chumash when everyone else is watching. How do I know? It's painful for me to say this. How do I know? Because I made the mistake of trying to give nahat to the father. And I said to him in shul, wow, look at the kavod your son has for you. He jumps up. He says, yeah, when everyone's watching. Cut like a knife. You know, father said, if he would leave me the chumash and the thing, I'll get the chumash myself. Let him help me with my rent. Ya'ani. You hear me? Rabotai, kavod means you take something seriously, you take care of it. Kavod for the Torah means you take the Torah seriously. You take the dignity of the Torah seriously. You take the mitzvot seriously. When you give weight to something, you make sure that it's done the proper way, that's kavod. We have kavod for the Be'er Knesset. It means that in the Be'er Knesset, you don't just haki, you don't lean back, take it. You see sometimes people with the two arms like this on the bench. I'm not saying a person can't sit down comfortably in the shul. But two hands like this, legs out. You know, one day I want to bring in a UV lamp. Fadda, here, go ahead. <laughs> Give you a Mishi Berach, you get a 10. Amazing. By the way, if that doesn't increase uh, uh, people coming to Beit Knesset, wow, you look amazing, where have you been? Safra Synagogue. Rabotai. <laughs> <laughs> It means, first and foremost, making sure your phone is on silent. How many shushes? How many shushes do we need to silence someone's ringer? I'm not telling you to, take your, to leave your phone downstairs or turn it off. We know a person, you turn off your phone, who knows what might happen? Who knows? Right? <laughs> But at the very least, just to silence, to silence your phone. One times, two times, come on. Abutai. That's what means kavod beta knesset. So when you respect things, someone saw me the other day walking around in the shul and I was picking up garbage. And they said, Rabbi, it's not kavod for the rabbi to pick up garbage. Let me get it, Rabbi. I said to him, it's not kavod for the rabbi to give kavod, he, no, I'm sketching. <laughs> it's not kavod. It's not. It's not. By the way, you can't, you can't plan those. Those are just, uh, that needs to get on a t-shirt, right? <laughs> yeah. 
The guy says, not kavod for the rabbi to pick up the garbage. I said, it's not kavod for the rabbi to give kavod to God? This is Hashem's house. Where did I learn that from? My father. If in the Beit Knesset, the toilet needed to be toilet brushed, I don't know what the word is. I don't know what the verb of toilet brushed is. My father would brush the toilet. If there was garbage on the floor, my father would say, get the napkin. What would I say as a kid? The G's right. The cleaners, they're right there. Let them. He goes, yeah, but until they get here. You understand? They're cleaning over there. They're putting away the toilets. But until they get here, there's a mess. We need to clean it now. There shouldn't be a mess right now. My father taught me the Bet Knesset is a place that you revere. So that's still in my blood. It's in my bones. My friends, for our children, our grandchildren, they watch what we revere. They see what we hold up. But it's not just for our children and grandchildren. It's for us too. You know, if you have a watch, and you take good care of your watch every time you take it off, you do like this, right? You put it down, you wipe it. That watch will last you a million years. That watch will never... Why? Because you're showing it the respect. Things that you show respect, that you take care of, they last. Relationships that you take care of, they last. Honoring your wife means answering the phone. Honoring your wife means speaking to her the way someone, you speak to someone that you respect. A person doesn't have kavod for his relationship. Something that's not mechubad, it deteriorates. But when it comes to a person's Self, so then why should I not have kavod for myself? The answer is, you should have kavod for yourself. Just not for yourself. Let me explain. Who, who is the person? Where is a person? Let me ask you. What am I? Am I people ask you, you say you're a rabbi, you're a father, Right? But I could also define myself as a carnivore. No one would call me that. If a scientist was trying to distinguish me from an animal, from a vegan, from a this, they might call me a meat eater. That's not my identity. It might be something that I do, but that's not who I am. Could you imagine if me being a meat eater would trump me being a father? Listen, kids, I know that you guys are hungry and we have to spend money on your food, but... I really like the steaks in this restaurant. I decided to spend your lunch money on my steak. That would make me a terrible human. Why? I'm just taking care of my needs. My friends, when we talk about a person who chases kavod, which kavod are they chasing? They're not chasing the kavod of the actual person themselves, of what they stand for. That you should chase kavod for. If your kids disrespect you, and you don't tell your kids, that's not the right way to speak to your father. You think you're a good guy because you didn't chase kavod? That's not the you, the self, the lower self of you that chases, that needs to be fed, the ego, the, the, the stomach, you know, power, control. Those are the animal side of you. That's elevating the animal. You're making uh, heavy the animal side of you. But your values... You better make sure that they're respected. You better make sure that they are considered heavy in the eyes of your child. You should make sure that your children stand up 
that they go get you a cup of water, that they understand that not because you need the service, because they need to understand that it is important to respect elders. My friends, that's what the Midrash means with Yitro. Yitro came to the Jewish people and he said, I want Moshe Rabbeinu to come tempt me. Aaron's going to follow. The 70 elders after them. All the Jews are going to come for the VIP service for Yitro. You know why? Our rabbis say that when the Jewish people left, they were flying on a high. They knew they were leaving Egypt. They're heading towards Mount Sinai. They have a mission. They have a destiny. They have a vision for the future. They take themselves seriously. They are important people who are going to do important things. If you don't believe that about yourself, not the lower part of you, I'm everything. I'm an important person. My words, they matter. My influence, it's important. The things I decide, I follow through on. My friends, if you don't decide that, you don't do nothing. Sorry for the double negative. Yitro understands that the Jewish people were riding high. But then what happened? The Pasuk tells us Amalek attacks them. And what is that compared to in the Midrash? It's compared to a boiling hot bath that everyone is afraid to go into because you can't touch us. Then, 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 that was the Jews. They were untouchable. They were so holy, so connected to God. What does Amalek do? Amalek opens the door, they cool down the bath. They make the Jewish people realize you think you're hot stuff, anyone can attack you. Look, we're going to attack you now. They open the door for all the other nations. But worse than make the Jewish people vulnerable to attack from the outside, they made the Jewish people vulnerable to attack from the inside. We're not special. God didn't choose us. God's not protecting us. Look, any random nation could come and attack us right after the sea was split. Yitro says, I got to fix this. What did he hear? Says Rashi's second opinion in the Midrash. He heard about Milchemet Amalek. So normally you translate that, and we understand that to mean that Yitro is saying what? That, oh wow, they had a war with Amalek. Now I got to convert, because look at the miracle. Here we're learning a deeper idea. Yitro said, I could have converted at home. Yitro went through many religions until he arrived at Judaism. Right? He could have he converted at home. But Yitro understood that if I make a spectacle of this, if someone as important as me comes and everybody hears, Moshe Rabbeinu, where's he going? Aaron, other Jews. Wow, someone like Yitro is joining the Jewish people. He was heating up the bath again. Says HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Moshe Rabbeinu, I'm telling you, and I know the heart and minds of men. His intention here is not for his own kavod. His intention here is to teach the Jewish people how important, how special it is to be a Jew. He's reigniting that light. That was L'Shem Shamayim. And therefore Moshe Rabbeinu goes out. My friends, the take home is, Kavod is a very powerful tool. Aim it at the right thing, it brings tremendous dividends. In a culture which respects hard work, hard work gets done. In a culture which respects taking a free payout from the government, instead of working hard, that's what your children learn. When my grandfather came here, after being chased away by the Nazis to South Bend, every program was offered to him. All help was offered to him. He said, I have $4 in my, pro in my pocket. All I need is the freedom to work hard and start again. And that's what he did. He didn't take a dollar from anyone. Because that was what was respected in their culture. 
What you respect, that's what the kids aim and strive to be. Show your kids respect in front of your kids and grandkids. Role models, not only rabbis. Take your kids to get a beracha from someone that started a thing like SBH, like SAFE, like the Food Fund. And your kids will ask me, oh, how come we're getting a beracha? He's not a rabbi. Oh, because he did something very important. Oh, what did he do? He started an organization that helps brides, that helps almanot. Your kids will learn that that's what you respect, not just Jefferson from your fantasy football league. Hashem should bless us all uh, to be able to use that tool correctly. Baruch al-Nayla Ulam.